Radio Film School is supported by Song Freedom. We need to find the perfect track to license for your video production from every genre, including pop hits and oldies but goodies. Look no further than songfreedom.com slash radio and use the offer code radio to unlock a standard gold level license worth $30. We're also supported by Muse Storytelling, the repeatable storytelling process five-time Emmy award-winning studio still motion used to go from shooting weddings to shooting the Super Bowl and teaching all over the world. Go to LearnStory.org and use the offer code RADIO to get $47 off lifetime access. That's LearnStory.org, offer code RADIO. We thank Song Freedom and Muse for their support. Welcome to Radio Film School Shortens. These are many documentary episodes about all things cinema to hold you over until the next episode of the main series, A Filmmaker's Journey. If you want to know the origin of the term shortens, check the website. Enjoy. You're listening to Dare Dreamer FM, the sound of creative expression. You want to do it? Yeah, and I want to f*** Angelina Jolie. The only difference is I might actually have a shot. No, what, we don't have a shot? No. You wonder why? They're out to a guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, his name is Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is going to play Pablo Escobar? Come on, the guy's not even Hispanic. Yeah, and Hilary Swank has a vagina, and she won an Oscar pretending she has a dick. That's what actors do. They pretend. I get it, I get it. Okay, so what if Cruise passes? Then they go to Brad Pitt. He passes, they go to Keanu Reeves, and on down the list. And where is Vince on that list? He ain't on the list. Well, how do we get him on the list? You do Aquaman, you stupid That's a scene from the critically acclaimed and wildly popular HBO series Entourage about a group of friends and their wild and sometimes wacky adventures in Hollywood hanging out with their movie star pal Vince, played by Adrian Grenier. In that scene, Vince's manager and childhood buddy Eric, played by Kevin Connolly, is meeting with Vince's agent Ari Gold, a role made iconic by the hilarious Jeremy Piven. It's one of the many hundreds of wheeling and dealing scenes from the series. And it makes a great setup for today's episode, wherein I tap a couple of friends from a real-life entourage. Sort of. J.D. and Yolanda Cochran are pretty much staples on the show. Their quote-unquote entourage is what they call the Click, a group of USC film grads who are all in a wide variety of roles in the business, from producers to actors to writers and showrunners. Between their own experiences and the vicarious living through their click, the two of them are a wealth of knowledge about the movie and TV business. A number of years ago, J.D. wrote, directed, and shot a couple of feature-length indie films. Yolanda was producer. So I wanted to find out what were some of the most important lessons they learned during those years. And as always... At the beginning of the call, we were off to a great start. Wow. Did you make, did you make a dude, good? that is straight ghetto, dude. That's, <laughs> nigga. That's some straight. I'm wow. sorry, I haven't had lunch. <laughs> is it loud? Dude, that's the only thing I heard on the microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, your, that's your true colors, brother. We, we understand. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Mr. Professional. That was pretty tacky. Once I finished cleaning the apple juice off my laptop, we got into our discussion. And by way of a few anecdotes here and there, J.D. settled on what he thought was one of the most important lessons he learned making indie movies. 
And for all of you out there working with actors that have representation or who are actors that plan to have representation, this episode is for you. I found the whole topic fascinating. So whether or not you work with actors or are one, I think you'll appreciate this peek into the inner workings of the movie business. I'm Ron Dawson, and this is Radio Film School Short Ends. Because we have a lot of friends that are actors in the industry, and I think I, I think the lesson I learned was that the it, it's a, a blessing and a curse. Like you, when you know people who act in industry, you can get to them. It's really hard to get to actors uh, to do your film because agents want their actors to get paid. They don't want their f- actors to be hooking up their friends, right. doing quote unquote, you know, after school, you know, or, or uh, film school shorts or whatever. That is like, no, we're not. I'm not making any money, and my client's not going out auditioning or doing whatever I need them to do to generate funds. Right. So. So when when you're able to go to an actor directly and say, hey, let's do this, whatever, their agents and their management do not like that. As a matter of fact, I would never do that again. Like I would even if it's my friend, I would I would see that the friend is interested. But then I would definitely one of the first things I would do. As a matter of fact, this cuts right to it. In answer to your question about one of the biggest lessons, what, what lessons I've learned, the, one of the biggest ones is I would definitely go to. All actors' representation first hmm, before I just yeah before it, it, particularly with friends that you know usually when you, when you don't know anybody you always you have to do that anyway so it's not a but big deal. Would you go to them even before go, dropping the information to your friend? So like you I know, wouldn't, no, I would slide them a script or whatever. Hey, you want to be involved in this project? If they said yeah, I would love to do this, then the very next thing I would do is go through say okay, great, love it. I need to go through your management. I need mm. to go through your representation. This can't be done on the low, down low or on the side because what happens is when they find out, you know, six weeks later down the road and you're gearing up and you want this actor in the project and, and everything's ready to go and then they find get, catch wind of it, they're like, well, wait, what is this? I don't know what this project is. And my client has to, you know, I, what if I got something cooking over here? Right. And, they, and they get very offended by that. Sure. And so that so so I would say that that is a huge lesson I learned in that regard. Now and then, why wouldn't the actor who's your friend know that? Like, if, if especially if they are a veteran in the industry, I know a number of your friends are veterans. Like, wouldn't that I be think, obvious well, to I them? Think we all kind Stop of learn because I think you're overpainting this picture. Because I was more so involved in because I was doing the producing side of things that was dealing with the cast negotiations and so forth. So we had a casting director who was negotiating the deals in conjunction with me, and she had to take those deals to, to those actors who had agents. She had to take those deals to them um, and, and negotiate it. So it's not like these actors reps were not in the loop on mm. what was going on mm-hmm. but uh, but for those actors who were our friends their reps got into the know much later much later in the game that's all my point and i yeah like yolanda says she, she stopped me because i don't want to because you're asking what lessons i don't want to make it like oh my god it was catastrophic and it, but, <laughs> right. but but it was a big lesson like you know you know, that's a no-no. Like it, to all budding, aspiring filmmakers out there, if you get somebody who's got a name or it's just working, you know, a, a, a yeoman's actor, don't 
you know, don't... Um, who is someone you know. Yeah, who's someone you know you're a friend with and you're able to get them in on your project. Just make sure their, rep- their representation knows as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Not saying they have to know first. I mean, obviously you want your friends to know, you know, sure. you're going to have them know. But you don't want to wait and be like, you know, kind of on the down low about the project until it's it's time to <laughs> – they're ready to shoot or whatever. You know, and, and, right. and then the representation, what? They can't, you can't take this week off. I got five, you know, <laughs> auditions lined up at major studios for you. What are you talking about? You know, and so it, it's that type of thing. And and then also with the friends that you know that are actors, there, there's also – sometimes I think you can run into this situation where it's like they're hooking you up as a friend. You know, like they're your friends and they are. They are really hooking you up and helping out. But – you just have to be careful that it's that your working relationship with them isn't smothered in that patina of hey we're hooking you up you know this is a hookup thing and and it's kind of uh, there's just a different working dynamic with you know an actor who doesn't know you who this is this is this is a gig I'm doing a gig I'm coming right. in I'm doing my acting gig versus someone who's a friend who wants to support you and is very much you know wanting to come in and do the project but. You've had a different conversation with them, obviously. You've had personal conversations with them, your friends. You know, you're bringing all of your personal relationship to the project as opposed to some guy who you don't know who's showing up at set one day and knows he has a deal. This brings up actually a really good topic that uh, I wanted to ask you guys about. And that is how do you manage? Because you and we've talked, we've alluded to it every now and then, you know, the the click of friends that you guys have um, from SC. I think this is really good for you guys to speak to because I, I know there are, there are people out there who are listening who have friends or, you know, are two degrees of separation from so-and-so or have a friend who's working someplace. What advice would you give for a filmmaker who has a friend who's in a position of uh, either authority or influence or whatnot in – uh, having that friend help with a project, whether, you know, finding someone to be in that friend, be in the project, or maybe asking your friend, maybe you have a friend who's an agent somewhere or who's an agent's assistant or a production producer's assistant. And, um, you know, how do you, what advice would you give for that? Because, and how have you, how do you guys having friends at different um, levels in the industry deal with it? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that actually puts an even heightened sense of responsibility related to it. So what I mean by that is you have to have, you know, all of your shit together. If you're going to come to somebody and ask, you know, a friend to, you know, basically vouch for you or put themselves out of their way or ask somebody else to do something to help you along. So, you know, you have to, you need to be ultra professional, meaning whatever planning you need to have done or whatever commitments that you're making pertaining to that project, you know, be it, you know, we're going to shoot on this day, or I have this amount of money that I can pay you or, you know, whatever, Obviously, things change. With I mean, it's the nature of production that you have to be, you know, somewhat flexible because circumstances and situations change, and you know, and all you know, all along the way. But you know, particularly things that you say that you're going to do, you really need to be a man or woman of your word, and you know, be very professional and 
um, certainly not do anything that is within your power that would in any way compromise, you know, the relationship or the professional arrangement that that person has put in place to help you get set up. It's it's akin to getting to, into business with the family. All right, so here's an example. Right. Here's an example. Your friend Princess. Did you hear what I said? You said it's akin to working with a family member or something? Yeah, getting into business with getting the family. Getting into business with oh, family. Oh, getting into business. Because that's true. That always, every time I've seen that, you know, <laughs> and you know, I know you know, Ron, from our shared experience that, you know, right. family business running is challenging right. at times. Yeah. More so than just, you know, if it, you know, you, you know, a business partner, when it's family, there's all kinds of other baggage that comes along with it. Just as a quick side note, if you want a fun reference to one of the possible anecdotes that JD is referring to, check out the SOS Atlantis episode, RFS 003. That's a doozy. Okay, back to JD. And so, I, you know, what Yolanda's saying, I think, is kind of apropos where it's that kind of happens to a I little degree. I wouldn't say don't do it. I just, you know, you have to understand... Basically, you have to understand what you're getting into because what I said is true. You know, regardless of how professional and objective either one of you can be, you are necessarily bringing in your personal relationship into an endeavor that has nothing to do with your personal relationship, and each are going to affect the other. They just are. And how sure. how productively and effectively you can do that is going to depend upon the individuals and, you know, their own, <clears throat> you know, their personal traits and how much, you know, each of you are willing to, you know, approach it and be candid about things that might be challenges or, you know, whatever else the case may be. So, like, so the example I was going to give, I mean, last time we talked, we were talking about Aqua Black Girl and, um, how Issa Rae got a deal with HBO to do um, Insecure, and I think JD mentioned, I think JD mentioned that uh, your buddy Prentice is going to be a, either a writer or a producer on that show. He's the showrunner. He's, he's he's the showrunner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, would you take? Let's say you have a great story idea. Would you? Would you ever go to Prentice and say, "Hey, hey, Prentice, I have this great story idea. I think HBO would love this. Can you show this to the people at HBO?" Absolutely. But it's something you have to know about Prentice, though. He's like he and I are simpatico. It's like we've worked on other projects before. So right. we've kind of already had a, a working relationship coming out of school. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of different because he's not because because I've worked with him on numerous. I've, I've helped him do shorts. You know, I, was, I shot shorts for him. He's worked on my projects we've, at various times. Well, I shot a feature with him. I helped him co-produce a feature. So he's a totally different kind of. I, like he's probably the one person, ironically, and I've, you know, people I'm thinking about that I could, you know, I trust, you know, fully. He 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 knows me. I know him. We we know what we're. It, it, I don't know. We just worked together on on so many projects before that. There's not a there's not a. Oh, I wonder what. There's no. So I mean, so you feel comfortable if you had an idea for a series that you wanted to get on HBO, you would feel comfortable. Like dropping that apprentice's lap and say, "Hey, dude, show this to your peeps at HBO." Yes, and I, but I would, I would say this. Like, I also know that he's he's been working in t television now for a while, and various right. capacities as a, a producer on TV shows and whatnot. And he would also tell me, 
you know, if it's even something, first of all, we'd have the, before we did that, it's not like, Hey, just go run this over to him. <laughs> right. It's like, it's not going to work like that. I'd say, Hey, I have this really cool concept. You know, it might be something for HBO or, or for somewhere else. I don't know, mm -hmm. but I would love your opinion on what you think, where it might fly because he, he might be the first one to tell me, dude, this is not going to work. I could tell you this ain't going to happen at HBO because blah, 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 or, or it'd be better fit over here. And I know someone there or whatever. I mean, it, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, that would be the issue, you know, where uh, it's not something that would it, – it wouldn't happen kind of like how – I just want to make sure like it's not going to – I just want to paint the picture of how it would go down. Like, right, I would, yeah, that's what I want to know. Sure. Yeah, like I would not say, hey, I need you to get this into HBO. And then this yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I, no, you know, I just mean like in general, you have an idea. It would be great. You want someone at HBO to look at it. You happen to have a friend who is a showrunner at HBO. Right. Um, and he would – and again, he might take it to somebody at HBO and they'd be like, oh, we're not interested. This is not what, and then we're just in there or whatever, you know? Sure. So it's, you know, so there's all that that's there. Um, uh, but yeah, I would have no problem giving it to him. You know, I show him stuff that I write on that's not going anywhere, just, you know, for feedback as right. a writer, you know? So, so, so it's almost like, uh, he, he's almost like a, a brother, you know, he's that, sure. we're that close. So he's and like actually, you and I. And actually, Prentice, um, Prentice also had a show that he created that actually ran a season on, I believe it was Spike TV. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, they didn't pick it up for the second season, which I think was a mistake because it was a really great show. Yeah, it was show. a great show. Right. Um, it was along the lines of Empire, but it was like a real, a, it was more, it, it was real. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. It, was, it, it wasn't was, soap opera yeah. or a nighttime soap. It was... Yeah. Uh, it was really good about the music industry. So cool. he actually, you know, came to me about taking it to Alcon Television, which I took it. Um, I tried to get it in there. I can't remember if they even looked at it. I don't think they did. Right. Um, but so we do have examples of, you know, of of doing that for each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something that that would happen. As you can no doubt deduce, this is a rich and wonderful topic. There are so many interesting nuances to explore. Are there any kind of contractual obligations with actors to stay with an agent? Like, can an actor fire an agent at any time? We'll hear the answer to that question, as well as dive into the role of manager, why agents can't also be managers, and why it took so long for J.D. and Yo to explain this concept to me. But don't you think that's a good question? No, because... Well, I think it's a... It's legitimate, but... Because think about it. I can go to Pizza Hut. I think it's Pizza Hut. I can go, I can go to some place and I can, get, I can get a slice of pizza and I can get a hamburger. Right? Let me ask you this question. If I'm paying for a pizza and I get a pizza, that should be fine. But I'm saying, you know, I, I say with love, <laughs> I find your suggestion <laughs> absurd. <laughs> You'll laugh as well as learn. That's in two weeks during the next Shortened episode. In the meantime, stay tuned to hear scenes from next week's regular episode of Filmmaker's Journey. Radio Film School is a production of Dare Dreamer FM. This episode was written and produced by me. Our co-producer is Chris Huslidge. Music was curated from freemusicarchive.org. Links to artists and tracks are in the show notes. This show is supported by two great companies who believe in what we're doing. First, Song Freedom has been there from practically the beginning. 
where you need to legally license high-quality music from every genre, including recognizable songs from pop charts or oldies but goodies, look no further than songfreedom.com radio and use the offer code radio to unlock a standard gold-level license worth $30. Also, our newest sponsor is Muse Storytelling by Still Motion. Too often, filmmakers let the gear, subject matter, client, or various other factors get in the way of the one thing that has proven to leave a lasting impact on people since the beginning of mankind. Story. Remarkable stories don't happen by chance. They are developed using a clear, repeatable process. Muse is a process that will empower you to become a remarkable storyteller, to take your work to the next level and allow you to engage your audience time and time again. It's the same process that has attributed to still motion going from shooting weddings to shooting the Super Bowl and also winning five Emmys. Go to learnstory.org and when you use the offer code radio, you'll get $47 off lifetime access. Plus, the first 88 people to join will receive a totally free download of The Story of Story, an ebook that uncovers exactly what it is that makes storytelling just so powerful. Once again, that's learnstory.org and use the offer code RADIO. We thank Song Freedom and Muse for their support. Next week on our regular episode of Filmmaker's Journey, we talk the Cohen Brothers. article the other day that that was the headline was why do we feel the need to rank the coen brothers movies (laughs) (laughs) and and i was kind of like you know what that's a great point because as i was going through their filmography as directors i was just like god each one is so different the coen brothers latest film hell caesar is out with an all-star cast of some of the biggest names in hollywood Names like Clooney, Johansson, Tatum, Brolin, Fiennes, and Swinton. What is it about these filmmakers that make world-famous movie stars take pay cuts to star in their films? How are they able to make, in essence, big-budget, quirky indie films in the studio system? And what about their style and success can we little people, quote-unquote, learn in our own craft and career? That's next week on Radio Film School, A Filmmaker's Journey. That's all for this week. You can follow me on Twitter at FM, and you can follow the show at Radio Film School. If you've been meaning to leave a comment and review on iTunes but just haven't got around to it, could you do me a huge favor and go do it right now? Go leave a five-star review. Four is good, too. And share what's been your favorite opening story so far. Also, send us an email or leave a voicemail and let us know how we're doing, what you like, and or your thoughts on this week's topic. You can email me at radiofilmschool at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at the bottom of our website at radiofilmschool.com. Until next time, remember, if the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it with or cut it on. Ciao. Won't you shine on me when the rain has come? Hello? You have to um, plug in your microphone. I cannot hear you. You hear me? There you go. Wait a second. Something's wrong. Like, you're not. Can you hear me now? 
Yeah, I could hear you. Bef- I, could, I could hear you before. Okay, there we go. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear my headset. I had. I had it. <laughs> but you sound kind of. You don't. Sound... I had it plugged into the wrong place. Right. He was oh, wow. having a Mary Sue moment. I never. This is. I'm having deja vu. Coming to habit. Yeah. Um. No. You know what? You know what happened was I had. First of all, I have my headset. I have a splitter because Yolanda's here. Right. So I have a splitter and I had it in the microphone port instead of the stereo port, the right. the, the the headset port. And so um, I didn't hear you calling. I think I have enough content to make a whole episode about all the reasons, <laughs> <laughs> all the different issues. Oh, you, you, you fucking up on the computer. 